Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in perfect directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the Week 15 matchup between the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys from a betting perspective. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at the game this year, but you can still have a lot of action at Bet Online. I know personally I'm going to be a bit upset that I can't visit any of the actual stadiums in itself for the next couple of months because of COVID, but I will be looking forward to watching games. There's nothing more exciting than watching games while you have money on and hopefully uh, you can make some money here at Bet Online based on the game spreads, team totals, player props, and even coaching props. Bet Online is everything, and they have a ton of options alongside an online casino, so action never stops. So once again, head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Bet and Barrier Podcast, everybody. Now, before we end up going on break, we previewed what we're going to be doing for the show this week. Before we get into the matchup for Week 15, we're going to be recapping what happened last week. We ended up sweeping the board. We got both plays right. We gave out the Washington football team plus the points and the under. Really never in doubt, uh, game ended up finishing at 23-15 to for Washington. Washington won it outright despite the fact that Alex Smith got injured in the middle of the game and they had to bring in Dwayne Haskins. San Francisco's offense, simply put, not very good Only scored 15 points, got sacked four times, also gave up a fumble touchdown uh, for Chase Young, who was a ridiculous defensive player. But the main reasons why San Francisco struggled once again are because of the fact that they keep using Nick Mullins at quarterback, who I have expressed every single week as being a terrible quarterback, and yet I guess he's still better than Beathard. Not really sure what the story is there. But either way, 49ers are now 5-8. Recapping what happened with them offensively, Mullins went 25-45, of 260 yards, one touchdown, one pick, sacked four times, QBR of 22 flat. Uh, Leading the way on the ground game was Raheem Mostert, who had 14 carries for 65 yards. 4.6 yards per carry, did get a little bit banged up. Uh, Sorry, uh, 65 yards, yeah, 65 total yards, 4.6 yards per carry. And he got banged up a little bit, which is why Jeff Wilson Jr. ended up having the rushing touchdown, 11 carries for 31 yards. Mostert's clearly the best running back on the team, but he now has a little bit of an injury. He's questionable for the upcoming game against the Cowboys. He should play, but you do have to wonder how limited he will be and how much Shanahan will limit his touches. Other than that, though, looking at the receiving core, you had Brandon Ayuk, who was great once again, 10 receptions for 119 yards, 16 targets, so he got targeted almost every single play. In the passing game, Kendrick Bourne had 42 receiving yards. He was targeted seven times. Uh, Other than that, though, you had a pretty quiet day from Debo Samuel, who ended up having one carry for nine yards and zero receptions. However, there is a good reason for that, as he got injured very early on in the game, and he is now out for the year. So added another injury to the list, and they are going to be down their 
probably their second best wide receiver, as I do think that Ayuk is the better receiver at this point in time. But as a result, you should expect a bit of a boost for Kendrick Bourne, for Richie James, who had 33 yards last week. Look for them to get a few more targets moving forward. But looking at the defense of the 49ers, they definitely played pretty well. They only allowed 95 passing yards. They also only had uh, one... They had one reception, zero touchdowns, got two sacks. I also I mentioned before that the Washington football team had 23 points with one fumble touchdown. They also had a pick six in there, so Mullins was responsible single-handedly for roughly 14 points from Washington. So San Francisco's defense was great. Really not much you can argue about that, and unfortunately the offense let them down. As Washington had less than 200 total yards of offense, they also only had 12 first downs. 49ers had nine more first downs, and it still lost the game by eight. Not exactly ideal, but looking at the results from a statistical perspective for Washington, Alex Smith started 8 for 19, 57 yards, QBR of 8. Haskins came in 7 for 12, QBR of 30.9. On the ground, McKissick led the way with 11 carries for 68 yards. Peyton Barber had 12 carries for 37 yards. That was basically it. 28 carries for 98 yards total, 3.5 yards per carry. And for the receiving core, you had Wilgen Thomas leading the way with six receptions for 43 yards. Anytime the opponent's number one receiver in terms of yards has less than 45, I consider that a pretty successful day for the defense. And fortunately, that did not translate to a win on in uh, the Week 14 matchup. But looking at some other results, Mullins also lost a fumble, uh, which I already talked about for the Chase Young touchdown. And Jeff Wilson Jr. has continued to have ball control issues and he ended up losing another fumble in that game. But anyway, that kind of sums up the 49ers. They have no shot at the playoffs, and we're going to see what happens moving forward as they take on a Cowboys team that actually won a game for once last week as they ended up beating the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, of course, the Cowboys are well out of the playoff picture, so that's not really worth talking about because everyone knows the Cowboys are kind of fighting right now for... I know you can make the argument that the NFC East is so bad the Cowboys have a shot, just not going to happen. They're four and nine. They're, they're not making the playoffs. So other than that, though, you have to wonder if the Cowboys will, I don't know, maybe go on a bit of a run here that doesn't matter. I know that the front office already announced that McCarthy should be back for another year. So it's not like they're fighting for the coach's life, but you know, it's worth keeping in mind because Dallas had a lot of preseason expectations and then completely fell flat on uh, their face. So we'll see what happens here moving forward. But the Cowboys won last week against Cincinnati 30-7 to on the road. It was an Andy Dalton revenge game or whatever you want to call it. Dalton was pretty good, 16-23, to 185 yards, two touchdowns and no picks, QBR of 67.8. On the ground, Cowboys did really nothing. Elliott had 12 carries for 48 yards, powered 11 carries for 39 yards. Overall, roughly 4.0 yards, yards per carry, uh, 25 carries for 101 yards. Look at the receiving core, though. You did have Amari Cooper with 51 yards and a touchdown. CeeDee Lamb with 46 yards. Schultz with 34 yards. Gallup with 23 yards. Definitely spread the wealth uh, in this game. Uh, as the Cowboys didn't really have one guy who really broke it open in receiving yards, but definitely did a pretty good job of sharing the football with a bunch of people. And that is going to be extremely difficult for the 49ers to stop, but they definitely will need to bring a little bit more pressure than Cincinnati brought. As Cincinnati ended up getting two sacks. But Dalton had a clean pocket for the majority of the second half, which definitely helps explain why Dallas was able to outscore Cincinnati 13 to nothing after halftime. Look for the 49ers to bring some extra pressure with Salah as their coordinator, and I do think you will see Dalton struggle a bit more in this matchup. But looking at Cincinnati's offense in that game, 
disastrous is one of the words that comes to mind. Now, I know that Cincinnati, in my opinion, is the second worst team in all of football now with Burrow injured, especially with Allen or Finley, whichever quarterback they're using. They are awful. And the Cowboys defense, which has been awful all year long, was able to take advantage of it as Brandon Allen ended up going 27 of 36 for 217 yards, one touchdown, no picks. QBR of 77.9, so he actually played well, but the main issue that you had with the Bengals was red zone turnovers, as they ended up turning the ball over a ton, and that was the main reason why they ended up losing. They had three turnovers, one of them was in the red zone, which led, or right outside the red zone, which led to an Alden Smith fumble return touchdown, which definitely helped spark the Cowboys and let them get on their way. But looking at the Bengals, you got Gio Bernard who fumbled, so, and he's their starting running back because Mixon's still on the IR. Uh, they were just really, really sloppy with the football, and that was the main reason why they ended up losing this game, as they lost three fumbles. Uh, Bernard lost a fumble, Erickson lost a fumble, Williams lost a fumble. They just couldn't stop turning the ball over, and the Cowboys took advantage of it with a bend-but-don't-break defensive philosophy. Against the run, though, the Cowboys were pretty stout, as they only allowed 3.4 yards per carry. In the receiving core for Cincinnati, A.J. Green was solid, 62 yards and a touchdown. Teagans at 49 yards, Boyd at 43 yards. So you had some success from Cincinnati's receiving core as all three of those guys ended up having five-plus receptions. But at the end of the day, if you keep turning the ball over, that's going to be a serious issue, which is worth mentioning because the San Francisco 49ers, of course, have had some serious turnover issues with Mullins at the quarterback position. But now looking at this matchup here for Week 15, Looking at the lines right now, the 49ers are a three-point favorite, and the over-under has stayed steadily at 45. So based on those lines, the game's going to be taking place in Dallas. Does that really matter? Not really, because Dallas is 2-4 and four at home, and the 49ers are 4-2 and two on the road. They have looked pretty sharp so far away from home. But for the quarterback in this matchup with Mullins, he, of course, has been a disaster. But looking at the ground game, Mostert's questionable, but you have to wonder how limited he will be when he decides to suit up. Plus, Debo Samuel's now out for the year, so you're down another key weapon in the receiving core. I expect Shannon to pound the rock. Cowboys have one of the worst rush defenses in the league. Cowboys are giving up 162.7 rushing yards per game. So the 49ers, with Shannon, should look to dominate the time possession and to keep the ball out of Mullen's hands and try to give it to Mostert and Wilson a combined, I'd say, 30-plus times. I just hope that the game works itself out. But looking at... Some injuries. Other than that, though, the 49ers, hopefully Fred Warner can play. He's questionable, but he is expected to go. I think he'll go in this one. He's definitely a huge contributor. He's one of the best linebackers in the league, and that's definitely something that is going to be worth monitoring moving forward. But looking at this overall matchup here, I personally think that there is some value on the 49ers in this spot. I know that you can make the argument the 49ers have nothing to play for. They might just throw in the towel. My argument there is Dallas ended up beating Cincinnati. Besides beating one of the worst teams in the league, this team has been awful lately. Lost to Washington by 25, lost to Baltimore by 17. This team's just not very good. I know that the 49ers have struggled lately, but if you looked at who they've played against, they've had a very, very tough schedule on opponents that they've gone up to against lately, which I do think is a huge reason why the 49ers have been struggling over the last, I'd say, month or so. Looking at their schedule, the 49ers, just to go through their act, their recent results, they've lost five of their last six games. So you might say to yourself, well, that's a terrible performance. How could this have happened? And the answer is they played at Seattle, at home against Green Bay, on the road against the Saints, on the road against the Rams. That was their only win in that stretch. At home against Bu- Buffalo and at home against Washington, which means that for the last six games, 
they the 49ers have faced off against current playoff teams, which is a serious, really tough schedule. It's a gauntlet, and that explains why the 49ers, with all their injuries, the fact that they don't really have a quarterback, that's why they have struggled as a result. So I think that now that they're, I think that now they have to face off against a below average team. They should look a lot sharper as the Cowboys have been one of the bottom five teams in the league all year long, and I think they have a bottom five coach in the league as well with McCarthy. I think that after we saw what happened with Baltimore on that Tuesday night game, where Baltimore just ran the ball for about 300 yards against Dallas, I think we'll see a similar game plan by Shanahan. Keep the ball on the ground, pound the rock, move the chains, and I do think the Cowboys will struggle to stop it because they've struggled against the run all season long. So going through my actual thoughts on the matchup here, I like the 49ers minus the 3, and I also like the under 45 in this spot. I think the 49ers will have some offensive success. I do think Mullins will definitely limit them in their big playability because Mullins just isn't that good. And I think if you're going to be relying on him to throw deep shots in the game to Ayuk, which is most likely what's going to happen, I think that could lead to a turnover or two. Plus, the Cowboys' defensive line might not be great. I think it's serviceable. Alden Smith had a pretty good comeback year. Uh, they get off to the quarterback on occasion. And I do think that Mullins holds on to the ball a little bit too long in the pocket. So that might lead to a turnover or two. But for this matchup in itself, I do think the 49ers will cover, and I do think they'll win the game. Defense was great last week against Washington, and I do think it will carry over into this game against a below-average offense with a absolutely decimated defense, uh, offensive line. So for that reason, uh, looking at my prediction for the score, and the 49ers will win by the score of 24-17. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, but I do think that the 49ers possess enough talent defensively to get the job done, and I do think that Shanahan will have a very nice game plan to deal with the Cowboys' very, very below-average run game, or run defense, I should say. So for that reason, for this matchup, I like the 49ers to cover the spread, and I also like the under, and those are my thoughts for Week 15 in this NFL matchup. That's been this installment, Scott Sol- uh, that's been this installment of the Ben Barrett Podcast here on the Bully Podcast Network, and good luck to all of you, and respect the best today. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.